Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard and you're interested in more content like this, don't forget to search Zendependently Minded and share with all your family and friends, because it's only going to get better from here. The world is in our hands. Let's do something with it. So today's guest on Zendependently Minded is a colleague who attended HUSAC, which is a Hebrew school. Here is Chris. How's it going, Chris? Uh, it's going pretty well. I uh, just got home from drinking with uh, our boss. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How did that go? Uh, pretty good. Uh, just Louisa and Chris were talking to each other. A different Chris. Uh, we're talking to each other about their game because uh, Louisa is a Liverpool fan and Chris is a Man United fan, so... They were playing each other today, and there's that whole rivalry, that famous rivalry or whatever, and um, I was just drinking and having a good time. Nice. Sounds like fun, and then you don't have to work tomorrow, right? No. Even no, better. Thank goodness. <laughs> okay, so um, so you went to a Hebrew school. Can you, like, can you run me through, let, tell the audience, like, what exactly that is, what what the day-to-day activities consisted of, what you learned about. So Hebrew school is, it's kind of like going to a Catholic school, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's basically, you're getting your basic education plus the 10% religious. Um, I went to, uh, secondary school. So it's a high school. Um, you mostly college prep school, uh, a good deal of it was focusing on the Judaism aspect with the goals of people um, being either ra- or something to do like you, the goals of the people would be uh, to be rabbis or something to do with the Jewish synagogues. Uh, you would either be a rabbi or teaching or any any number of those lines um that would be the end goal after college uh getting a theology degree and such like that okay gotcha so you went did you send spend all four years of high school there no no i dropped out after the second year um what do you like if you care to share like was there a reason for that um Um, like personally myself just yeah, I just chose to. Uh, I really wanted – there's a big thing with tattoos, and now there's reform Judaism where you can you can kind of – like it's not as frowned upon to have tattoos and such. But when you have tattoos or gauges or you mark your flesh in any way, uh, you can't be buried in a Jewish synagogue. You can't be, you can't be buried in a Jewish graveyard. Oh, okay, so, so are you a reform? Do you follow reform Judaism then? Um, we, my family actually, 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 actually follows, uh, Messianic Judaism, which is, uh, Judaism, but you also learn and accept, uh, Jesus Christ. But personally, myself, I'm, I'm agnostic. I don't believe that anybody has 100% proof in any way, shape or form. You can only just guess and hold what's true, what you believe to be true in your heart. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> So, do you know a lot about Judaism as a whole religion, then? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I paid attention in school, uh, you know, growing up, celebrating the holidays, going... There's this, uh, it's 
it's pretty funny. You you have the the holidays and you, there's all the the traditional songs and such, and you get to, you know, you're growing up and you're singing, you know, the parts that you know really well, and then you're just kind of mumbling throughout the parts that you don't know, like during Hanukkah, and then kind of mumbling out for the next couple of verses, and then coming back in, hello, hey, new. So, okay, now I'm a little confused. So, what, where do you stand, like, on, I don't like, I don't like the word religion, we've talked about it before, but, like, your belief system, do you believe in a higher power, do you believe in God, or? I like to think that the universe itself was created or put into existence, but I don't believe in a deity that has a hands-on approach you know what i'm saying like i don't think that any well-respected deity would create a universe and then go meddling in said universe you know you can't you can't give free will and then also be like okay now i'm gonna manipulate this dude to do this and i'm gonna manipulate this lady to do this and i'm gonna make these actions unfold i feel like the universe was set into existence by something that we can't understand uh, or someone, some deity that we can't understand fully, and then it was just set back, you know, hands hands in the air after after that point. Oh, okay. So you, so you think? Oh, okay, I I understand. I kind of agree. Um, so you just think the higher power or whatever, um, created the universe or set the plays in motion for the universe to be created just kind of created it and then left it and then there's no like destiny there's just all free will it's just all of us on our own yeah everything happens because of what our surroundings it's not like planned out yeah yeah that's, oh, okay. uh, that's a pretty basic yeah that's, that's a pretty good um summary of, of what i what i would like to believe gotcha that's reasonable that makes sense um there were there were a few things I wanted to because I don't know much about Judaism Judaism as a whole but there were just like a few questions I wanted to ask like one of them was um, just the main thing like are there any misconceptions about Judaism that you know and have like lived and have seen to not be true or that are true? Uh... I mean, misconceptions in the general populace, yeah, there's always going to be that. There's always going to be people who think, like a lot of people think um, that Jewish people aren't uh, aren't circumcised until their bar mitzvah. And like, that's, that's something that people have said, have asked me several times, like, oh, you weren't, you weren't circumcised until you were 13. No, we're, we're circumcised at birth. It's called. Um, it's a family event, which I don't fully understand. Why would you invite your whole family to come over and see, you know, your children get <laughs> mutilated? <laughs> but that's one of the biggest ones. Other than that, not really. Um, even even Jews don't really agree on a lot of things. The Jewish religion is one that um, – there's it's not really set in stone like christianity like in christianity you have mandatory beliefs and acceptations that you have to have like there's mandatory like the ten ten commandments mandatory christ mandatory when it comes to judaism 
there's really like the just the 13th principle the 13 principles of faith and even then the 13 principles of faith are debated upon constantly um it's it's mainly about a relationship between the creator mankind and the land of israel and that's that's like the bare bones gist of it okay gotcha so yeah um christianity kind of has that um there's some there's some debate that's why there's so many branches and different churches of um christianity there's there's mormons catholics there's first baptists there's uh lutheran church evangelicals all that stuff but yeah that's like um the the common like consensus that they come to like you had said is like the ten commandments and then also jesus is god's son that's usually like those are like the two most Oh yeah, and then there's heaven and hell. But then with like Mormons, they have different levels. And then um, I know Lutherans don't like they don't follow the Pope. So yeah, there's some common things, and there's also debate. But that's it's kind of a, I see it as a good and bad thing. More good because it gives those who want to get into um, like the community aspects of religion gives them kind of a choice uh, so they can kind of pick a church and a community that aligns with their beliefs most. But yeah. Then, um, there are yeah. definitely some denominations of Christian that I get along with way more than other denominations. I've never met an evangelist, an evangelist that I've, I've gotten along with um, their, their views on, on birth control and such can can really lead to a heated debate uh I, I really don't believe in going to a third world country and handing out condoms and telling them there there's a group of evangelists currently in ghana telling them that you know which ghana has one of the highest aids epidemics that the world has ever seen and they're going there telling them that if you if you wear a condom you're going to hell that's what I like about Judaism. Um, there's there's not really so much of, of a belief of hell as there is uh, just a belief of um, nothing. When you when you when you don't when you don't follow the thirteen faiths, uh, the thirteenth principles of faith, you you don't. There's just is there's just nothing for you when you die, as opposed to you know fire and brimstone and torture and demons and all that other good stuff gotcha um so what about like so I know, I know you like south park so like what about the the big nose um the the money hungry um super stingy is that like a is that more i feel like that's not the that's more of like the people from israel um stereotype huh not so much the religion um i would say I would say that it comes really into play with the religion. Um, you're, it's, it's, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that it's just people in Israel. Cause when you go to Israel, uh, for your, for your mission and stuff in high school or in college, it depends on, on when you actually get the chance to go or the money to go, the funds to go, should I say, um, you're not going to find a lot of stingy people there. They're there. The people of Israel are, you, you gotta think they're they're having like a nonstop war, pretty much over the Holy Lands, 
Um, they they have what they have, and they're pretty happy for what they have. The the stinginess I think was started in the the 1900s um, when Jewish people first started or first started propagating in the in New York and other big cities as such, um, where it was just it was just harder to get along. Um, it was harder to make your living, especially coming to a new country. And one of the main jobs that Jewish people started having, there was there was a bank that was opened in New York, and it was one of the biggest banks, and it was owned by a Jewish family, and they tended to only hire Jewish people, and it started it just started from there. Um, I also believe that there was I, uh, don't quote me on this, I think there was a bank in uh, England also, or uh, some form of monetary services that was that was in England as well that also helped propagate the stereotype. Don't get me wrong, Jews are pretty stingy, but they are nothing compared to Indian people. Indian people will pinch well beyond a Jew. Jewish people like to say, "Oh yeah," or people like to say, "Oh, Jewish people are the stingiest people on planet Earth." Nah. Indian people will legitimately argue over one cent or a one cent difference. If they can get that one cent in a barter, they will fucking go for it. And that's nothing against them. That's no slight against them. They probably get way better deals than any deal I've gotten bartering. <laughs> but uh, for sure, Jewish people are not as stingy as people put out to believe. Um, gotcha. Well, that's interesting. I I had no idea about the... I always wondered where that stereotype kind of like um, where it arose from, but it's interesting that you knew that. I'm glad that you brought that to the table. That was one of the things I was curious about. Um, another thing was because I know you have extensive knowledge on the Torah and the Bible, but what what do – like what did they teach in school if they brought it up at all um their views uh Judaism's views on homosexuals and stuff like that so a jewish per you're you're never going to really hear jewish people complain about homosexuality uh, don't get me wrong. If a Jewish grandmother finds out that her grandson is a fagala, she's not she's not going to be happy. She's probably going to cry. But you're never going to see a Jewish community at local temple. Um, you're never going to see them ridiculing or chastising their one or two gay members. Uh, I've been to many a temple where there. are openly gay members and they they hang out you know people are nice to them they get to go to every potluck they come to rosh hashanah they're there for yom kippur fasting with everybody doing they're there for mikvah shabbats they're they're there um i i don't know how it is in christian churches i don't know if anybody's ever really chastised for being openly gay especially if like you're 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 You've been going to the church for life, and then, you know, when you hit your adult years, you come out as being gay. I've never been within um, – I've never been within that specific uh, scenario. Uh, so uh, you you just really hear about – don't get me wrong. The Torah and the Bible are pretty much the same book. They're the Abrahamic faiths. The Bible just has a little bit more taken out. And revised over the years, whereas the Torah tries to stay pretty much the same as it gets 
re-put into new, uh, re-put into different languages. Um, there is, you know, the a man shall not know another man bit in there, uh, just as it's in the Bible. But whenever you go to temple, you'll find that it's, it's a very lighthearted event. Um, Jewish rabbis are encouraged to cut up and to joke a little bit and to have fun. It's, <clears throat> it's never, uh, it's never a serious event unless you're there for one of the bigger holidays like Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. Okay. Well, <clears throat> uh, so you said something about the Bible in the Torah are pretty much the same, but the Bible has some stuff taken out. Do you, okay. I have two questions on that. One, do you think that they're taken out? Those things are taken out on purpose. And two, if so, why, why are there, what, what parts are taken out and why? Um, my favorite book that's been taken out of the Bible is the book of Lilith. Uh, that is the story of the actual first woman. A lot of people think that Eve was the first woman, but Lilith was actually the first woman. She was then turned into a demon and is the reason that men have nightly, men have wet dreams. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I think that they've been taken out, uh, probably, there, there are several things that have been taken out just because of the whole uh, it didn't fit with the times or the Pope at the time didn't like it. Um, for instance, you know, the, the, there was the, the one English king that didn't agree with no divorce, and then that part was taken out of that version of the Bible, and now we have a completely different version of the Bible because one English king wanted to have a divorce. Hmm. And wanted to have a whole new wife. That makes sense. I mean, whoever's, uh, whoever controls the media or in back in the day, whoever controls the like scriptures and books and religious texts pretty much controls the masses because who wasn't following a religion back in those days? Yeah. Um, uh, back then, you know, the, the priests and such priests and rabbis weren't, uh, weren't stuck to chastity. They were, you know, they could have sex, and then that the, they were take the sex privilege was taken away when you know priests were priests were like rock stars of their day back then. You know, they everybody knew the priest. Everybody went to church back then. Hell, back then, you know, people really didn't read a whole lot, and you learned the only thing that you learned was learning through church. Uh, there's several instances in the Bible where things are just uh, where rules or regulations and such are just the rules of the time or that period that they were in. And that was the only way you learned them because you couldn't read a placard that said, Hey, don't murder somebody or Hey, don't rape somebody. You know, you can, there wasn't, you know, you didn't have the ability to read your, your life consisted of going outside, tending to the animals, farming or doing whatever your job was in the community and that was it. Only the aristocrats or people who could pay for it or had just sheer luck could get the privilege of education. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I uh, definitely learned a bit about that in school, uh, the parts that I paid attention to. But there's something that I wanted to pick up on that you were talking about earlier <clears throat> with in regards to like homosexuals in the Christian community. 
I can't speak on behalf of the other like uh, the other branches of Christianity because I grew up in the Catholic Church. But growing up, I I didn't see I never really saw like uh, any I don't know persecution or not persecution. That's intense. That's like it's like showing up to their house uh, with the mob and pitchforks and stuff. But I didn't see yeah. Maybe I was blind to it or I just didn't see it at all. I just I didn't see um outward extroverted loud protests or judging of people who were gay. Uh I always just heard it from like um <clears throat> especially at school I had a lot of a lot of Catholic or um Muslim friends that were Muslims like it, it's obviously it's a different religion, different branch, but it was just kind of inside personal belief on homosexuals. It was never, I'm going out and I'm going to rally against the gays. I'm going to go like anti-pride or whatever, um, anti-LGBTQ. It was just kind of personal belief. And that's what I always saw growing up. Um, and I know that a lot of people are flock, they're leaving the Catholic church and flocking to, um, just like a, a smaller branch, a smaller church that's more relaxed, that allows like tattoos and someone who's been divorced or a gay and lesbian couple, a transgender couple. So from my personal experience, I did not see a lot of uh, pushback against homosexuals. I didn't see acceptance, but I definitely didn't see... Um, Chastising. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, uh, like I I understand that. Um, it's it's a little shocking to hear, you know, because you're growing up Catholic and Catholics. You all Catholics have a uh, a reputation for being strict, you know. There's there's the whole uh, Catholic nuns and you with a ruler type thing. Um, yeah, homosexuality was never really uh, something that was even touched on in most temple. Uh, normally, temple was. Excuse me. Normally, Temple was just going in, and we. The thing that I liked about my Temple growing up was, it started the. It started at the beginning of the Torah, and then the next day was if you got three pages into the Torah, the next day was on the fourth page. You know, for those who went every day, and there was always a recap. There was always there was always hey, this is what happened yesterday. This is what we're talking about today. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of the whole jumping back and forth or going to a completely different book. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. There were activities and there were there were days where we would have to skip a section, but it would always be coming back. We, we would always come back to it. Um, just be, It would only be skipped because uh, it wasn't relevant or um, uh, if, if – in that particular day, there was something going, there was something that was a little bit too mature for the children to be heard. <clears throat> um, the fun part was <laughs> the little activities that you would do, uh, creating little like macaroni fucking art and shit like that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't go to, I never went to, I always went to public school. And I kind of wish I paid more attention when I went to church when I was younger. It was just kind of like a boring thing, and it was just something. Um, growing up, I had a more relaxed 
like a more relaxed Catholic background in my family. My parents were not super strict. They kind of they raised me the way that good Catholic families should, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, they always taught me growing up to be uh, able to think for myself. And even though I was Catholic, um, just like my mom has tattoos, um, we what's we we watched football, we played football, we um, ate sushi, stuff like that. Had had leather clothes, things that are that might be seen as sinful, but it was just we went to church uh, mostly for Christmas, Easter, um, and then just. When I started to pay attention to what was really being said in the church, that was when I was kind of informing myself on, like, the history of the Catholic Church. And that's just when I decided when I'm 18, I'm probably going to further myself from the church personally, but I'm not going to. Like, if if my family wants to go to church on Christmas, I'm going to go. It's just out of respect for the tradition, out of respect for my family, because... Just because I disagree with the Catholic Church as a whole doesn't mean I disagree with or I look down upon or judge like those who are Catholics and stuff like that. I just decided to go my own path and I'm still looking for my own church and community to join and be with. And those church events are always like the best ones. You know, the events on the big holidays, those are always the best times to go to church because everybody's not focused on hey, today we're reading this part, and we're going to learn about this, and this is what this means. Um, I've never thought that church or religion should be something that a child should get into. I don't think any child should be forced into any form of religion. I think it's something that you should – because you do, it's something that you should choose when you're an adult, when you need to find that spirituality or you need, you need, that, you need that in your heart or your mind um, because kids, they don't understand it. And especially, especially like the concept of hell. Children, that's just a fear-mongering tactic. And it, it like children don't understand that. Uh, I've seen those children preachers in the South that can just spout line for line verses. And they then you there is there's that famous video on YouTube where there's that child preacher on Oprah, and then Oprah's people he spouts out his stuff. Uh, he spouts out his his verse here and his verse there. And then Oprah's like, what does this mean? And all he can do is just re-parrot the line. He's just parroting. He's just he's he's saying what he's been taught to say and what he's read and and what people clap whenever he says. And that's all he knows about it. He doesn't know the inner depths or the meanings of the words that he's saying. And he's he's raised to believe, oh hey, if I don't do this, something will happen, or if I don't believe this, by the end of my life I'm gonna be in a pit of fire. And it, it, religion is definitely something that it's 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 an it's an adult concept, and it's all right if you, as a parent, are taking your child to church. I'm not chastising you for that. Um, I, you just know that your child doesn't fully understand it. You know, if your child can't make the decision of whether or not stealing a cookie is bad or you know having sweets before dinner is bad they don't understand that all these all these thousand two thousand year old words that are being read in modern day they don't understand those equally as so as they don't understand hey this this little action that i'm doing is bad they're learning they're little they're little humans they don't understand everything yet 
they've got the world in their view, but they they don't fully comprehend what's going on. Um, I agree with you said a lot, but I I agree with a lot of what you said, but there's some parts I disagree with. The main thing I completely agree with you on, like the indoctrination of children early on and like using things like hell and pits of fire and stuff to kind of like you said uh it's like a fear-mongering tactic to try to scare kids away from doing things but uh on the flip side i think um i don't think it's ever too early or a kid is too young to be introduced into like the community parts of religion like the best parts of religion like we were talking about earlier when you get when you go to those church events those gatherings that's when like everyone forgets about the differences uh, between them and they just join together with one common cause or ground and it's never too early to introduce that uh, helping one another giving a basis for morality i think some some religions do that we get a lot of our uh, ethics and morals from a lot of big religions out there whether people accept that or not i but i agree with you the the indoctrination of kids into religion like teaching them the things that they just they can't comprehend and they don't understand and just kind of brainwashing them that's not okay and a lot of people do it but it looks like we're getting away from that and i'm just lucky to have been part of a family that you know they they had they got me the the little kids coloring version the colored book version the pop-up book version of the bible so i could it was kind of watered down so i could understand learn some cute things about animals and noah and jesus and things like that i don't think are harmful but it's the it's the hate that comes from indoctrinating kids that comes from religion that that really hurts that can hurt a whole generation and oh yeah it can long lasting effects and we've seen it and we see it every day it isn't as bad now as it was before we live in like the best time um for everything in america uh even though we're both in germany right now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i I agree that it's, it's a really good time to be alive and especially to be growing up with a religious family it's it's a really good time um you know you you think back to like even as early as the 80s uh you you could if you were a part of a certain denomination you could be completely disowned by your family for speaking out or disagreeing or just fucking up in some way oh yeah like look at us um i'm a christian and you're an agnostic slash jew and we're having a civil fun conversation we're laughing and like you said in today's day and age like every everybody's more open-minded and look at what the resources we have at our fingertips to look into these things if we're curious back then you couldn't and if you did or you tried to it'd be really hard and if you got caught you might be cutting some family ties there oh yeah um (laughs) Uh, going back to, going back to, uh, some South Park, uh, I like, (laughs) they, I like their view of Moses they created. They, they made Moses like a big glowing triangle in, um, in one of the very earlier episodes, like season four or season five, 
uh, there's an episode where Kyle goes to like a Hebrew camp and he brings Kenny along and they're making uh, macaroni like pictures and doodles and such. And Moses, yeah, Mo- Moses ends up being like a giant glowing polygon or triangle or whatever. And uh, Moses is like the biggest of the prophets. Like he's he's like the modest, most important, the greatest of the prophets that you're taught. Like that's that's one of like the 13 principles of the Jewish faith. And uh, you never you never saw any outrage from that. Um, that. And South Park is so old that back in the day they had an episode where they drew Muhammad. They had like the they had an episode where um, they drew Muhammad and then 10, 10 or 15 seasons later. They're going to draw Muhammad again, and it's after two. It's after September 11th is after all the terrorism attacks and all the other um horrible events that that transpired and they're trying to do muhammad and then the fcc or or whoever's above them the censors for the network are like hey you you cannot do this you can't have this go down we're gonna have to put a censor bar over this and they're like what about season so and so when we had him fully drawn out and acted and had his voice acted and everything and they're like oh this made it past (laughs) odds Yeah, I think it's it's crazy. Um, I I don't I think there's there's like those censors. The reason they're getting censored today, there's either two reasons. One, the censors just like the people who are responsible for that just don't share that belief and don't think it's funny, so they silence it or they'll stop it right then and there. Or on the other side, they know how outraged people get nowadays, and they don't want to like. They don't want a chance or they don't want to risk the chance of losing an advertiser or two. Um, cause money why talks. is it such a fad to be – why is it such a fad to be a victim nowadays? Why? Well, that it's... goes into how great and the quality of life. Our life is so good that the worst thing that can happen is there's a cartoon where there are characters that don't exist that make fun of a religion that the person probably doesn't even follow. Like, you ever notice that whenever there's something with Muhammad or Jesus or Abraham, it's not the people that follow that that belief or religion that get upset. Like, whenever there's whenever there's a black joke, black people don't get upset. They laugh about it. Yeah, Dave Chappelle it's, uh... is super popular with black people. All the jokes that he made in his newest uh, comedy special, I didn't see a single black person getting upset about it. <laughs> no. No, uh, the the Sticks and Stones special that was it was, that was great. So I'm, good, dude. I'm loving I'm loving that Dave Chappelle's back. Like uh, I've got I've got every episode of the Chappelle Show and um, the Lost episodes after he quit. And fuck, that's he was he was ahead of his time as far as comedy genius goes. Like if I could if I could even get half the the talent that if I could get a fourth a quarter of the talent that dave Chappelle has i would be a pretty damn good fucking comedian right now (laughs) yeah it's um i hope you do i mean i'll support you i'll show up to any things that you need me to go to i'm down down diggity for that (laughs) yeah Yeah, right now just doing the go ahead yeah i I, no um i was gonna say i knew you were gonna get into that i definitely got to show up to one of your 
when you're open mics. Yeah, that's I've all never I'm doing. actually. I've only you know who Joe Coy is. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> yeah. He was the first and only like a uh, comedian I've seen, and it was in Colorado Springs, and it was it was extra funny because obviously a lot of his jokes are Filipino jokes, and I grew up in a Filipino. Well, I have a Filipino mom. I actually have my grandma is here right now, my Filipino grandma. So like a lot of those jokes were things that I definitely understood, and but besides that, he's a pretty funny dude too. He's a very underrated comic. Um, he was, uh, he his one of his comedy specials on, uh, I think it was either Setlist or Resist Comedy Central does stand up. Um, his one of his specials was the first special that I saw on like TV, uh, <laughs> talking about his son playing with his his fucking Johnson <laughs> as a kid, you know, as a toddler growing up, Daddy Ting Ting. That was, uh yeah he was uh he was one of the he's very underrated um and his netflix special uh went like completely under the bar because it came out i think at the same time as one of tom segura's i believe yeah tom segura's uh netflix specials and that one just outshined his yeah poor advertising on his people's part yeah he's definitely he's definitely underrated but He's a funny guy. Yeah, playing back into just that outrage culture, it's just it just goes to show how how good life is if you're just like if you're just if you have that much time on your hands to just go get into a Twitter argument which is going to go nowhere by the way over something that doesn't actually affect you or anybody around you. It's psh, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it over war, polio, famine, stuff like that. Well, I mean, polio is probably going to be making a comeback with all the people thinking that it's okay to just go unvaccinated or to unvaccinate your children. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it will be that big of a deal or it won't be that crazy because, I mean, those unvaccinated kids, they're going to... I don't know, I'm keeping my kids away. And aren't they... In most places in the United States, they're they're not allowed. You're not allowed to go to public school if your kid's not vaccinated. Um, that's that's uh pretty recent. Um, which it's it's just common sense if you ask me to not. I mean, I was not allow... allowed to go to school if I didn't have my shots growing up. Yeah. So do you mean recent um, as in like the past that... twenty years or? Recent, yeah, recent is in um, like like there wasn't exactly standardized rules on it. It was just like before before this current generation of people thinking that it's okay to go that far all natural. It wasn't like a completely written rule. It was just, oh, your kid's not vaccinated. Yeah, you need to go ahead and go do that. And most parents would be like, oh yeah 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 okay cool. Um, and if there was a problem with it, you know that that particular brand of parent would just homeschool their child um but now it's actually being written it's being like lawed it's being a legitimate rule enforced by school boards and where i'm uh where i came here from in tennessee there was a huge measles outbreak uh just fucking absolutely horrid because of the unvaccinating fad or not unvaccinating you the, you, the, the not vaccinating fad um 
huge measles outbreak. There's also a huge hepatitis A outbreak going on right now in Tennessee. Like I left at the perfect time. <laughs> well, my thing is with vaccinations, um, I'm going to vaccinate my kids, but I don't think it it shouldn't be government mandated. That's when I'm like, okay, get that away from me. Well, if it becomes government mandated, then it's like, you you know, uh, only this brand or only this this specific vaccination, and there there are lots of different types of vaccinations, you know, like, and oh, some yeah. of them some of them aren't even that relevant like i didn't get my first tetanus vaccination until i was 14 or 15 you know and i I'd, I'd stepped on i was working um i was not working working but i was helping out uh, a friend of mine's dad with a construction project and pulled up a porch you know uh, pulling up porch boards and there was just a rusty nail hanging out of one of the boards stepped on it went into my foot and then obviously you you want to get a tetanus shot. You don't want to end up with like lockjaw or actual tetanus. Uh, so uh, I mean, some of them obviously mandatory. Some of them are like, you know, you don't really need them unless there's the risk for the disease. Obviously, I would want everybody to have a tuberculosis, measles, smallpox, or the all the all the the main ones that can really ruin a child's life if you just so happen to get that disease. Yeah, me too. Like like I said, I'm going to I'm going to vaccinate my kids, but I actually have an uncle who's a lab tech. He was telling me about the cuz like we were talking about there's different types of vaccinations. He was telling me the kinds that I should look into that are better and safer. I'll have to ask him about it again, but yeah, there's 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 vaccinations like the flu shot. I've never gotten the flu shot, and I've also never gotten the flu. But some places, some jobs, you have to get them. Like my my dad's in the navy; he has to get it. And I think when my mom worked for the county in Colorado, she had to get it too. I think I'll have to ask her about it. But I just know I've never gotten it. Ooh. I've never gotten a flu shot, but I've gotten the um, the up the nose nasal squirt. I've gotten that once or twice, but it was when I was like young, young. I can barely even remember the the experience itself. Uh, I think one was when I was like nine or ten, going to Tarawa Terrace in North Carolina, and then the other one was like fifteen or sixteen. No, maybe seventeen when I was at Battery Creek. Gotcha. Yeah, well, it seems like we mostly agree on, or we agree completely on that, actually. Yeah, this is a this kind of conversation. I wish it was. I wish it was more common, but yeah, we'll get there. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I wish it was a little bit more like ah, fuck you, no, no. Nah. <laughs> I wish you there was a little it. bit more of a debate instead of just, oh, yeah, I agree on that, too. But here's a little something that I don't agree on. And it's like, oh, OK, cool. Yeah, you're into that opinion. I've, I've got my opinion. Yep. Yeah. I why can't we can do it? Why can't the people who get paid six figures a month to like lie to us do it up up in Washington? I don't understand. I know, dude. Well, I mean, at the same time. 
you got to think about the mentality that comes with that. Like they're, they're felt like, even though nobody tunes into it, a lot of their, a lot of their job is filmed, um, like doing, doing debates or doing, doing, uh, fucking talking about bills or this party versus that party. A lot of that is filmed. And when you're being filmed, you have, you know, this mentality of like, I've got to show off, you know, it's, it's like when you're a little kid and your family brings out the camera for the first or second time and you, you act stupid and you hate your brother when you would never, you know, normally you would never like full on deck your brother or do any like stupid shit like that. You know, you're saying things as a kid. It's that same mentality that hits you like, Oh, just in case the people who support me, or who voted for me or got me into this position, see this. I'm, I need to make sure that they see that I'm 100% about these things that I said that I was about six months ago or two years ago, or, you know, whenever I was voted in or cast my ballot. I've, I've, I've just always thought that debates like the Democrat and the Republican debates, I just always thought that they were stupid because these candidates are they're asked how like obviously there's no one solution on how to fix the problems in this country there's going to be differing opinions on how to solve the problems in this country and you can't fit that all into a 10 second soundbite and that's basically what you're forced to do in the debates and then it just turns into a contest where they're like all right i'm gonna make it vague but i'm gonna make it sound convincing to all the people who fall for this crap and then they just start throwing mud at each other. That's like, remember I was telling you earlier about what, like, uh, Tulsi Gabbard's um, tweet at Hillary Clinton. I thought it was, it was like, it was a pretty good jab at, like, just at her character. She didn't say anything new. Everyone's been saying it. But at first I thought I was like, oh, this is kind of, that was kind of savage. It was kind of funny. But now I'm like, what the heck? It's either the Democrats are just pointing orange man bad or they're throwing shit at each other. And it's like, there's so many, there's so many other things that they should be focusing on. Just attacking each other is not going to, like, if the real, if the hope is to get orange man out of office, they're not doing a good job at it. I feel like the number one threat to Trump and his position as president is himself. I don't think <laughs> I, I really don't think like creepy Joe Biden's not going to take him down. Focahontas isn't taking him down. Elizabeth Warren isn't Bernie Sanders is the best chance, but he's not going to get the nomination. He, he Warren lost a is a high. joke. Yeah, she is. She like, I will never respect someone who used a fake. She played on her like one sixty fourth native American. I don't know if it really fact checks. I've heard, differing sides like differing um reports on whether or not she was able to get into school because of that like i've heard i've heard differing opinions or differing facts or like on who what what actual denomination of native american that she is i've heard cherokee i've heard sequoia i've heard sue and it's like like which which one is it um (laughs) yeah I, i i don't respect her at all um bernie sanders lost all of his hype and because he he basically cucked out to hillary in the 2016 election and i 
what little what little respect I had for him um kind of diminished there. I still respect him because of his mostly basically the only the main thing I respect him on is his pledge and how he's been consistently fighting against big pharma since the beginning of his activist career. Like that is, is super is noble. Andrew Yang still running or is he already dropped out? Yeah, he's still running. He's he's kind of slowly gaining momentum and he's slow, he's like he's still allowed to go to the debates, but like like I said, um those debates are just it's just a chance for them to quickly get in their jabs, try to capture everything in a ten second sound bite and then just continue to throw stuff at each other. It's oh. just it's so ineffective. I like him because he's he's pro cannabis, uh, pro cannabis industrialization, and um, he he's one of the only presidential candidates or runners that has like talked about um, technology issues like like robotics and artificial intelligence, which is oh yeah, it's like within the scope of our lifetime, like mine and yours lifetime before we die. That's it's probably, if not a complete artificial intelligence, but like a semi, semi-intelligent, you know, artificial intelligence is is coming within our lifetime. And he's one of the first people to be like, "Hey, we should probably regulate this before it gets a little too crazy," with quantum computing being right around the computer. Yeah, I, I when I first I kind of fell into the fake news trap. Everybody does uh, at least a little bit. It's just a matter of catching it before you kind of let it manifest. But the first thing I saw with Andrew Yang, I saw one of my more conservative friends on Facebook share this article and it said, um, presidential candidate, Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang says giving $1,000 to everybody every month is going to solve something. And I was like, kind of laugh reacted to it. I was like, what is this? This guy's an idiot. And then I looked into it more, and then when he went on the Joe Rogan podcast, one of my good friends who was on my podcast in the past, Hector, was like, oh man, this guy, super smart, and he started like spamming hashtag Yang Gang, and I was like, okay, let me check this out. And just like you said, just his, so for one, what really got me was just, was his track record, his venture for America that he started where he was where he created all these jobs and all those inner cities and the places that really need it the most that showed me like he's he he doesn't just talk the talk he walked the he walks yeah the he walk. understands the economics that he's spouting i don't fully understand the economics behind it but he his point plan for the one thousand dollars per month for all americans um like he he has an idea and understands the economics behind it he has the track record of making jobs, letting that, like keeping those jobs, his employment rating, uh, is, is damn decent. And the only people who dropped out are, you know, the junkies or people who just don't have that motivation to keep it within them. You know, unlike fucking joke, Warren, 70 years old coming, running around thinking that she's just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do it because I'm a woman who doesn't have fucking email issues. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like just his, like I said, his track record and then just the fact that he's he's looking at these problems that people are bringing up with technology and AI and he's deciding to 
we need to start having the conversations and start we need to tackle it and maybe, even if it's 30 40 50 years it's better to start now than to just wake up one day and be like wait i don't have a job because there's a robot doing it driving this truck right now yeah um, and i just like that he he wants to at least start the conversation if at the least people are going to start talking about it and i agree with you the economic side uh there's some work to be done with that because i my main question was where is this money going to come from he broke it down um talking about like we basically the money's basically already there it just needs to be reallocated and it would be more efficient it's just my main gripe with the universal basic income is cuz like i've talked about before um the government is corrupt you can't give the, that much power to any group of humans in the world without them abusing it and if money is power what's going to differentiate ubi from all the other trillions of dollars and tax dollars that the government has control of right now like what's going to make them flip and decide okay let's actually do what we're supposed to with this money what we promised because they don't do it now like that's my main thing and he's not going to be able to change that overnight and do it himself. Oh, no, I don't it's think just, even one or two presidential terms are going to be able to do that. Oh, no, you know, man. even eight years uh, as a president, you can't you can't flip that upside down and, you know, get everything working in working order within less than a decade, um, especially with how, you know, somebody who has you know, millions of dollars or even, you know, a billionaire that like they're able to just make more and more and more money, money that's not even really like in existence yet, technically <laughs> yeah. speaking. Another. um, what, What's the other president? What's the, the candidate or the runner that's like uh, he was a Navy admiral and uh, he's like super with uh, combat or combating like climate change and stuff. Shit, what was it? Uh, which is it? Stayer party. Uh, he's a Democrat. Uh, I think it's Stayer. No, no. Fucking uh, Joe Sestak. Um, yeah, uh, he's an admiral. He's a former Navy admiral. Uh, I think he's a congressman from like uh, New Jersey or Pennsylvania. One of the one of the New England states. Um, like he didn't even, uh, announce his presidential campaign at first, like in time with anybody else because he was helping his daughter like fight brain cancer and shit. I like his, I like, I like his current points. Um, he's, he's all about the climate change. He's all restoring America's place in the world as far as like economically exports, stuff like that. Cause right now our main export is like guns. <laughs> Guns, tobacco. That's that's a, that's us right now. Our main export, I think, is still planes. Planes from Boeing. Woo -woo. And that's it. We move we move a few products that are worth a lot rather than a lot of product that are small. But I haven't I haven't heard of, of that guy. But I'll have to look into him more. It's just coming back to Andrew Yang. Like, and it's something I've brought up in the past. The solutions, I don't know what the solution, any solutions to uh, many of the problems 
um we have in america and um it's a lot to think about and try to fix but i know one thing for sure and it's that there's no quick fix and like you said it's gonna take it's gonna take like a decade for us to even start seeing a little bit of the effects and uh, results from the things that someone like andrew yang wants to do and it's just in america um everyone's impatient everyone wants it the results to be now they want it to see they don't care if it's temporary they want to see it now and that's why things like the wall with trump are so popular because it's just something like oh let's do it now um let's fix it now uh stuff like like the the job growth and unemployment right now um being at it like an all-time low for unemployment and all-time high for minority jobs and stuff like that i'll have to look into it more to see if it's if that's like stable and it's going to stay stable in the long term or if it's just a short-term fix and those people are going to be jobless again in six months um i just know that we need the solutions are going to take time and that's one of the reasons why i really like andrew yang because he wants to tackle it fast he wants to get on it right away yeah one of his quotes is not left not right but forward yeah yeah he's awesome he he has a good track record uh he has some things to work on but whether or not he wins the nomination which he's not going to because he's too smart (laughs) they're too busy they're too busy seeing who can diss trump the best the toughest (laughs) and right mud the farthest and it's kind of sad but it's also uh there's gonna be a lot of fun memes to share this upcoming election for sure like if it's joe biden and trump it's just gonna be like remember when they were tweeting at each other about fighting right this can't be real president you should not be allowed to use twitter just automatically (laughs) off the bat your twitter should be banned like and i don't even think either of them actually control their twitters like there's someone else does it but trump's like oh no he's playing to my ego i have to say back to him i want to meet him in the back like it's so like it, it seems like you remember a celebrity death match it's like we're living dude <laughs> we're fucking living throwing out some celebrity death match nobody's even thought about celebrity death match in at least 10 years fuck me dude that was a good show fucking <laughs> claymation celebrities just duking it out it's funny but it's kind of sad at the same time but uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Um, I just I don't see Trump not getting reelected. The silent majority won him the election in 2016, and I think it will win him reelection. It's just like I said, his number one threat is himself and the the people around him. I I know I think a lot of the people because he talked about draining the swamp. I know he's gotten rid of and he's exposed a lot of those dirty, corrupt politicians. Um. He he kind of inherited it, though. He couldn't not take people that were already part of the government. Otherwise, it would just be him and his business people who don't know how to run the government and have a cabinet made up of only business people. So that's why we see a lot of his cabinet and people close to him getting fired or, like, getting investigated. And it's because – it's mostly just because they were already there. They've already been 
dirty for 40 years and he just kind of had to work with what he was given and a little bit of the democrats are just pulling at every little thing try to pull dirt on him but like i said if you're if you're questioning the dude's character you haven't paid attention because he's already he's character assassinated himself like if you're judging his whether or not he was a genuine honest dude just look at him like when i was a kid i saw him go on wwe and i was like who is this dude and when he ran for I mean, president he, he had fucking uh what was what was his show goddamn the apprentice or whatever is that it yeah, yeah. he he was he's he's just a billionaire rich dude he's basically like a sugar daddy for a lot of people and it's like i never if 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 i was to vote for him it's not for his character that's for sure <laughs> Oh, and I could. It's he's already proven he's not a likable dude. I'm not not bringing my kids around him, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm gonna look for what's best for me, what's best for my family, and that's gonna differ from like household to household. So that's why that's why I've always thought it was silly when there are like family members and friends that will stop talking to each other because of politics. It's like my family's different from yours. We we can be civil about it, unless you're attacking my family physically or taking away from my mine and my family's well-being. I could care less what you think. It's it's not gonna make me judge you or think you're less of a person. There it's, is a lot of Democrats running, comparatively speaking, to like Republicans. There's only like what six Republicans running. Oh yeah, because the. Uh, Republicans are like all old. They're all <laughs> old. Like, did you see how many? Uh, I saw something. Um, it was of the many, many Republicans that are retiring after this run, and I'm like, dang, someone's gonna have to fill their spot. Like, that's why I like seeing these young guys like Andrew Yang, and um, that's pretty much it. I don't like. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at all, but it's cool to see some fresh faces, but everybody gets into politics and wants to make a change, and then you either be like Andrew Yang, stay consistent with what you believe in and don't get any support, or just kind of, um, what, what's the quote from The Dark Knight? Um, either... Die a hero, or you die a hero, enough. or live long enough to see yourself becoming become the villain. That's pretty much how it is. <laughs> you you just gotta you gotta kind of sell your political soul if you wanna get any attention. But we'll have to see how it plays out. It's gonna be another interesting election year. Um, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. I might be cruel. By saying this, but I'm definitely gonna be laughing at the. If Trump is reelected, laughing at all the people that are like screaming at the sky and crying. Oh man, oh, yeah. dude, I saw, I saw so many posts about people that are like, I'm fearing for my life, and I'm like, uh, uh, three years later, I'm like, uh, are you alive still? <laughs> I made a post, um, on Facebook a couple months back, and it was like, um, three years later after. What was it? It was um. What was the big internet thing? I can't, it's it's too late. I can't think. The big internet. It was a government internet regulation. 
Oh, uh, the the fucking net neutrality shit. Yeah, I was like three years um without net neutrality. My head hasn't fallen off. Netflix doesn't cost four million per second. Like, it was basically just government regulation of the internet or not. And we got rid of it. We never had it before. We didn't have it before for that long. So I was just like, whatever. Everyone made a big deal about it, and I'm it kind still... of is a big deal. It's just we're not seeing a lot of like the the absolute like people were making it a horror story and like worst case scenario. They weren't like really what it is is just profiteering for the internet, which the internet's always been pretty much for profit, unless it says .dot org or .dot .dot gov at the top. It's most likely not for. It's most likely for profit. Even then, most .gov areas are for profit, even if they're for profit via taxes or whatever. Um, You know, and it it definitely could devolve down into that worst case scenario that was being thrown out three years ago, where you know, fucking companies or companies and brands are owning the internet, and you know, certain websites are just filled with to the brim with ads and. 98% 98% of your viewing spaces is ad and certain places are bogging down and streamlining instead of everybody having the same internet speed. But everybody like the companies know that if they were to do that and they were to be like, okay, you got to pay 20 fucking dollars a month in order to have the same internet speed that you had before net neutrality, people would be outraged. People like there would probably be riding in the streets with how seriously people take their internet and take their video gaming and take just the internet, period. There would be riding in the streets if anybody tried to take that away from them and people were suddenly forced to go outside and see the sun. Yeah, it was just... <clears throat> you just gotta learn to think for yourself. If And that's gonna be the main thing in this next election. I'm going to be sharing a lot of memes and I'm gonna be taking a dump on a lot all the fake news i see i'm gonna be like just letting you know that's fake or just letting you know that's super biased out of context i love how often people just fucking throw out some stuff that they see they read it in five seconds and they're like oh my god this is true post oh my god facebook is the worst with that oh it's for sure the worst they get everybody and you know what age group shares the most fake news i'm guessing way older people yeah, baby boomers. They're like 69, 70 years old. They're the ones sharing the most fake stuff. But that's by statistic. But from what I can see on my Facebook personally, it's always kids. It's always young people around our age. But yeah, I'm just going to have a lot of fun um, watching it on the outside. I'm going to actually vote. I wasn't old enough to vote in the 2016 election. I was 17, so I couldn't vote. But um. Yeah, I still feel my vote doesn't matter, but I can't talk this much crap and not vote. And I'm just going <laughs> to have fun making memes, and we'll see how it goes. The yeah, world's I'm not going to be throwing out memes and then also just throwing out some facts at the same time. Like, hey, here's some memes, and then, but also seriousness, guys. This guy's speaking some truth. You know, fucking yeah, uh, sure. Julian Castro. That dude's that dude's pretty interesting to read about. Um, fucking, uh, he he like opted out of challenging Ted Cruz for the Senate in the 2018 midterm elections. Um, he 
He's like, even though he's Hispanic, he's he's calling for like an overhaul for the immigration system. Um, but he does also want to decriminalize border crossings, which is like the, those two contrast. Those those are two contradicting fucking things that you're having there. Um, he's also another young gun. I think he's only like two years older than yang i think he's yang is what 44 and this guy's like 46 45 i'll have to look at him more but oh man we could talk about all those things you just said we could have a whole nother conversation about that but we'll have to do that we'll have to save that for another time but dude i gotta i gotta start that celebrity deathmatch meme with Joe Biden and Trump, because I feel like that's super, I was like super funny, and I kind of pulled that out of nowhere, and I got that a meme about it, dude, <laughs> that's gold, but thank you for coming on the podcast, we definitely got to do this again. Thanks for having me, man, I'm always all about it, you know, fucking just leave, you know, we don't even have to talk about politics, and we can just shoot the shit for an hour. Yeah, it would work. Well, thank you for having me, man. I'm going to let you get to it and post this to the interwebs. Uh, thank you for all the people who listened. Um, keep keep listening to this independently-minded podcast. Dude's speaking some facts. I appreciate it, dude. I'll talk to you later. Okie dokie. You have a good one, Gabe. You too.